This is The Ed Milet Show. Welcome back to Max Out, everybody. I'm so honored and blessed to have this man to my left here today. Uh, he just came on my radar very recently, and God is so good because I immediately fell in love with this man and his message through social media, through YouTube. And within about a week of me discovering who he was, unbelievably, his name came across my desk with an opportunity to have a conversation with him today. And I think he's one of the most unique and influential people that I've ever heard from as a man. Mm. And uh, it's really an honor to have you here today. He's an author, he's a speaker, he's a coach. Um, but what he does is he really impacts people's lives, particularly men, but you women today that are listening to this or watching this, you get to listen in on a conversation. I think it'll help, help you understand your man, your son, uh, your potential boyfriend or your husband even better today. So Jason Wilson, thank you for being yeah, it's here. It's a pleasure. Thanks, I appreciate it. It's yeah. my honor. Yeah. And uh, evidently, we've been trying to get together for a while, but we, yes. didn't, we didn't really realize it. He has a book out coming out, by the way, that you can pre-order right now called Battle Cry. I'm fascinated by this. So you came on my radar because I hear you on Rogan's show, and I hear about this video of you. And those of you that haven't heard it, I won't we'll go through the whole video, but I, I cried mm. watching it. And uh, I'm doing it right now. Mm. It was just such a beautiful moment to watch a man be a real man, which mm. is what you were in this moment. But there's this video of you at your martial arts studio with this young boy who's trying to break this block. He's crying, his hands hurting. The first thing you did that I loved, that I just want to say, is you got down on his level. You got down on your knee, you got to his level, which I think is where we need to meet everybody in life. And then you told him it was okay to cry. And you told him that, um, that things hurt for a reason and that he, you know, that as a man, you're going to get through those things that you need, you need Jesus, that it's okay to cry. Just the entire message. Were you that man already every single day and just a camera caught it? Or was that moment sort of a turning point even in your own life when everybody discovered how you treated young men so beautifully? Hmm. That's a really good question. That moment actually was just a norm in the cave of Adullam. I actually wasn't going to record that day. I stopped recording the test, but my friend who was little Bruce's father, he wanted it. I said, look, let me just record it for keepsake. Mm. And if I would have known it would have been viewed over a hundred million times, oh I would have at least focused the camera, man. So, <laughs> it was a little blurry. so I just, right. I would have just rushed the camera and said, let's go, you know, it's time to test. Mm. And what had happened, Bruce had had no issues with breaking that board weeks prior. Okay. His real issue was a fear of failure. And that's what that board became. So we use just board breaking as a, a symbol to show boys just how to break through their own emotional barriers. So that could be a school bully. When you become a man, it's an intimidating coworker. Mm. Uh, when you're younger, it could be obesity. Mm. When you get older and you beat or overcome obesity, now you're afraid to talk to the woman of your dreams who's wait right before you. So true. So again, we have to break emotional barriers throughout life. And so his was a fear of failure. And when he was, he had to break it with his right and his left. And when he couldn't break it, I just said, hey, you know, what's going on? You know, yeah. what's, what's happening? And he just was, he was, he was scared. He felt the fear of failure and he started crying. Mm. Then I felt shame. I felt that he was ashamed to cry. His family there, his cave like brothers. Mm -hmm. But he wasn't alone. We have what's called a moment on the mat. When you give any male, especially a man, an opportunity to be human, he will open up. That's why men cry more than the boys do when we train together. Hmm. Because we have so many really? years where we suppress all of these emotions. So I often say there's a broken boy inside of every man. And wow. so when you allow that boy to be healed, you have to have some crying. Hmm. 
Hmm. And so unfortunately, we're told big boys don't cry. Yep. What doesn't kill you make you stronger. Another misleading mantra is no pain, no gain. That's not a universal principle. If you apply that to your entire life, you won't have one. And so I dropped to my knee and I looked him in his Making eyes and I said, hey, man, it's okay to cry. We cry as men. Mm -hmm. And during that time, my mother had dementia. Hmm. And she was actually, actually, you know what? She may have passed when I recorded that. Okay. That's what shifted in me, Ed, because before I was a hyper-masculine male. You were. Oh, abs oh man, absolutely. Um, especially in my era, I was a popular hip-hop DJ, yep. you know. Uh, there wasn't any hip-hop albums with men smiling on the covers. You know, everyone, we were serious, you know, and mm -hmm. that was just the whole uh, image that we had. And then I had brothers who... My first brother was murdered when I was three. My second brother was murdered uh, and when I was 23. Wow. And so they had, you know, they, they lived dangerous lifestyles. And you did too, right? You indulged in... I tried to, because okay. again, the standard in my community was the hyper-masculine black male. Yes. So if you weren't that, mm -hmm. you didn't get the girls, you didn't get the money, you weren't cool, you were ostracized. Yes. And so, but I was a kind-hearted boy, caring, nurturing, but I, was, I wasn't a thug, you know, and mm -hmm. I later came up with the acronym for a thug. It's a traumatized human unable to grieve. Mm -hmm. And so, so many of the young boys I mentor, and even men, what they call OGs or original yep. gangsters, they're hurting. And it's amazing when I get with them and just talk, they just start crying because of the years of the trauma that they've seen, their friends getting killed. Someone dying, like my best friend of a heart attack, who was my weightlifting partner. Yeah, I heard that. That was the first time I cried, man, at a funeral. Mm. I didn't even cry at my brother's funeral. Mm. Mm. And until the pastor gave me permission to cry, I thought something was wrong with me. You know, I say we, in a battle cry, I say we need emotional enemas mm. because we're so backed up. Even like, I think it's 191,000 men die annually of prostate cancer. Mm. The main reason we don't want to be you know, uh, what is it called? We do the PSA, where they just take the blood, prick of blood, and <laughs> test our prostate. But the manual exam, where the doctor has to put oh, his yeah. finger up you, we'd rather die, uh, die on our swords, man, because it feels like our masculinity is draining out of us when he pulls his finger out. You're talking about an exam that's no longer than eight to 10 seconds. Very true, though. But because we're hyper-masculine, yep. we're dying that way, and so it's, 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 it's something that uh, I know is my mission that God has given me. And with little Bruce, that moment, when that video went viral, when the world saw just the gentleness, but still the yep. strength, the lamb and the lion, men from all over the world, we had to shut our nonprofit offices down, man, because the phones up. were just ringing. Mm -hmm. And in 2016, viral videos were kind of new, I think. Yep. And we were like, well, what is, what's going on? Mm. Men were crying to our women's staff, mm. saying, I'm tired of not being able to be tired. I want to be a human. I wish my coach would have did, did that for me. Now I walk around with anger. Yeah. And so that's what you said about did. this tired thing. I want to touch on it. There's so many things we're going to touch on today. Okay. We, uh, it's interesting. I realize I, 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 my dad was a wonderful guy, but I certainly was raised to be a, that traditional man's man type of deal. I'd never cried in my life either. I remember going to my grandfather's funeral I was very close to thinking, why can't I cry? Mm -hmm. Like I almost mm -hmm. that time wanted to mm -hmm. and couldn't. I was so conditioned not to show what I thought were weak emotions. Mm -hmm. Somewhere along the line though, when I started doing this work, that changed for me. And 
because if you don't reflect those emotions, I don't think you're really present with people. And I want to be present with people. You feel like you go through your entire life and you were just really never there, almost playing this character of this beast that I needed to be. But you said something the other day, actually, that I was watching. Your, your content is so good that I watch it multiple times. Wow. And you said, when a man tells you he's tired, listen to him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, you, coaches have said that to you, you're not tired, let's do, you know, let's keep going, let's yeah. keep going. What did you mean by that? Because men, do, men will once in a while go, how you doing? Man, I'm tired. Yeah, yeah. And that's a rarity. Typically, we tell them to stay strong. When that's exactly what we say back. Or they're hurting. But yep. I, I just shared today, no one can stay strong. No human. Hmm. You weight lift, I weight train. Mm-hmm. Put uh, a 45, a 135 on the bench and just hold it there. And I see you tomorrow, but you can't drop that that bar. Mm. No one can stay strong. Mm. But it's us as men, like women don't allow one adjective to define them. Mm. So femininity, you will never hear a woman just be confined to that because she has to be anything and everything she has to be at any given moment, mm. especially single mothers. Mm. And I often talk about what if they would allow the culture to define them in the early 1900s when they said a woman's place was in the kitchen. Right. You know, they, they defied that. But we as men, we've allowed this one adjective, masculinity, to define us. And at the same time, it's hindering us from living the lives that we long for inside. Is it the word or is it what we think it means? Like That's, that's a good, I mean, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, so the word itself, that's what, I had an epiphany. Mm. I thought masculinity was manhood. Like it's mm-hmm. just a comprehensive definition of manhood. Yeah. One day God was like, look at the definition. It's nothing but a few attributes. Mm. Boldness, aggression, strength. Mm. And it's, uh, the second definition is like masculine attire. So there's nothing toxic about masculinity. Like if a fireman, if this was burning down right. and we needed help, a fireman busts the door down and rescues us, that's masculine. Those are masculine attributes. Mm. But when you only can live exuding uh, strength, boldness, and aggression or assertiveness, when your wife needs nurturing, when your children needs nurturing, nurturing when even God needs you to be compassionate, to someone in need, you can't. Mm. So you're limited and then yeah. you're frustrated. And you talked about a point when you check out, you have this one image of being this tough guy. Yep. But when things are really happening around you, you're not present because you're really not comprehensive. That's right. We lost, my wife lost five of our children. So I don't say we, cause I think, you know, as a husband and wife, you can say those are our children, mm-hmm. but that's something my wife had to endure because at the time I wasn't there. Mm. I didn't even know, I knew something was wrong, something bothering me, but I couldn't express the pain. I couldn't sit with her and cry. When you say you lost five children, you're talking about she had um, miscarriages? Miscarriages, let me be My clear. goodness, yes. wow, five, that's incredible. That's yeah. a big number. It's a big number, and, and with my daughter, so we have a, a son, thank God, now he's 13, but our daughter's 26, that's why it's a big age gap. And so I, was, I didn't know how to feel, even with my wife, she still longed to give me a son. And one day after my father died in 2007, I come home taking a shower and I hear God say clearly, he says, after you, there is no more. And I'm like, what do you mean? Mm. And he says, think of Abraham. That was his greatest fear. Here's this man that had everything, but he didn't have a son to pass on everything. Yeah. So I get out the shower, man. Imagine your wife almost dying, trying to have children. <sighs> and I say, Nicole, do you pray for a child? specifically a boy and she says yes mm. i'm like what's wrong with you why would you do that you know it could you know you could die because yeah. it was very stressful she almost died right before our son she says i want to give you a son mm. we prayed together two weeks later she gets pregnant 
It's a boy, but check this out. This was when it was confirmation that this was divine. <laughs> At the five month mark, I'm running to get her some food and she calls me screaming and crying. So I'm like, what's wrong? It's pain in my stomach. Oh so I'm thinking she's gonna lose our son. Yeah. And so I go, okay, here I come. So as I'm pulling out the parking lot, a lady stops me and she asked me for directions. And I just told her, I said, well, look, I have to run. She says, hold on, before you leave, let me tell you something. Don't lose the faith. It's gonna get tough, but don't lose the faith. Wow. We get to the hospital, we thinking it's another miscarriage. Yeah. Her appendix is rupturing. Oh my goodness. This was the only time, well, the best time to take little Jason out of her, take the appendix out and put him back. This was the, so yeah, even then I couldn't cry, man. Whoa. I could, cause I'm, I'm tough. I gotta be strong. I gotta provide. Everyone needs me to be strong right now. Mm. Then you wonder why we snap. Yes. You know, and, and like the doctors, I felt they weren't attentive enough to my wife. So I'm ready to fight. And the nurses weren't paying attention. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine who's a very wise man, he says, you're, you're, you're gonna do nothing but cause more problems. Mm. He says, they're tired. Go buy some fruit or something. So I bought a big basket of I'm fruit, put it on the nurse's station, God and had a card that says, thank you for being the angels here. That's awesome. And they took care of my wife, but I didn't know how to do that. It's amazing to yeah, me. Because I was just, I was defined by what? Strength, That's strong, it. yeah. Being boldness and provide. Do you want to have a good God moment with me right now? Sure, I'm going to blow ahead. you yeah. away. Yeah. That's amazing that you just said this. I knew, yeah, I'll just tell you what happened. Right. So uh, I'm blown away. Like uh, my hairless arms have goosebumps <laughs> right now. I got interviewed this morning before you were here. And at the end of the interview, the person said to me, if you could have dinner with three people that are uh, deceased, who would those three people be? Mm. And I just off the cuff said who I would always say. I said, Jesus, mm -hmm. my dad. And I, don't, I can't believe where this came from. And I said, the baby that my wife lost. Mm. This was just this morning. Mm. Do you know that I had not thought about that in mm. 20 years? Mm. And the same thing when that happened, I wasn't emotionally available for that. I was, it was just something that happened kind of to her. And I didn't understand why she was so upset about it. Yeah. But for some reason, because I've been doing such work on myself, that came to me from mm -hmm. nowhere today. And then you bring this story up mm -hmm. several hours later on my show. That's yeah. miraculous to me. Yeah. It's almost confirmation. So guess what I'm looking at right now? I'm looking at my taser device right now, sitting here on my desk. The reason that it's here is because I believe in it. It's not just something that I have an ad on the show for. Right now in the world as crazy as it's gotten, personal protection is so important and you gotta be able to do it safely. And if you carry a gun and that's your choice, that's wonderful, but some states don't prohibit you to do that. And sometimes, you know, it's just a, it's a big step to make, right? When you're doing something like that. So what I love about Taser is it carries an electrical charge to immobilize any attack or any situation you're in for about 30 seconds, which gives you time to escape. And it sends an emergency dispatch to your GPS location so that somebody can come and help you. Taser devices come loaded with features like assisted targeting, emergency dispatch, and this GPS thing I think is such a big deal because you can get free and then get safe, right? Taser devices are available without a permit in most US states. So get the Taser Pulse Plus or Taser Strike Light at taser.com with promo code MYLET. Save 15% now at taser.com, promo code MYLET, which is M-Y-L-E-T-T. -T. That's spelled T-A-S-E-R.com promo code MYLET. Some restrictions apply. See the site for details. Let's get back to the show. Yeah, it's confirmation that you need to release something. Yeah. And probably some time you need to spend with your wife and, and mm. revisit it and cry. 
mm. and let some of that go because it, it, it will hit, holding on the trauma will hinder us. Uh, Dr. William Frey discovered that tears uh, not only are 98% water, okay, but when we cry due to trauma or emotional pain or stress, they contain stress hormones. Mm -hmm. So they get excreted from our body when we cry. That's why we typically feel better. It's healthy. And so, so many men, we're bottled up, we're holding on to all of this ang unresolved anger, frustration, fear of failure, abuse, abandonment. Mm. And we wonder why we can't really take the next step into where we need to be as a man. And so. Yeah, the other reason I said when we started the show too that I wanted ladies to listen in on you and I discussing this is because, you know, I think also just affording the man that you're with, uh, a, a space is such a, tr tr you know, trendy word right now, but like an environment where he's accepted for doing that, mm -hmm. especially if he's lived all of his life being this strong guy and never shows these other emotions, you know, allowing that to take place and nurturing that in a man is really important. You, uh, here's how it feels, ladies, for a man when he lives like this. And I want you to give you an example of I'm watching your content the other day and you talked about how a, an actual prison cell and incarceration works mm -hmm. and the physical incarceration. But there's another emotional and mental incarceration that most men live most of their lives with. Many men have lived their entire life and passed away and lived their entire life in this type of incarceration. So share that with everybody. Yeah, emotional incarceration is uh, a self-imposed prison sentence. So basically you walk into this, your own mental prison mm. with the door that's wide open and you never come out because mm. every man will tell you that we can get up at any moment and change things instantly we can turn that switch on mm. that's the masculinity in us yeah but when we have to face what's going on inside of us the wars that are erupting inside what we're scared to really deal with because those pull out non-masculine emotions mm. it pulls out fear anxiety uh sadness sorrow Mm. And we don't want to have anything to do with that. So we'd rather just stay in this prison where we can stay incarcerated, turn off our hearts from the world. Because not only are we tired of feeling a certain way, we're tired of being the bad guy when we just want to be a good man. Mm. And so mm. how often, I don't know about you as a father and a husband, I've made a plethora of mistakes. Same. And it just, it got to the point at one time, I'm like, look, you, know, you guys can just live on without me. I'm, I'm better off dead. I mean, just to be transparent with you. Wow. And this is why, one of the reasons I believe, uh, what is it, three to, men die by suicide three to four times as often as women. That's right. We, first of all, we identify our worth with our work. Yes. And so that's why you'll see older men, say, like older couples out, the man is barely getting around on a walker, but his wife is skippy moving around fast. Mm because when we could rest, we won't. When we could take a nap, man, I can't tell you how many days I've jumped up from a couch, my couch, when Nicole, my wife comes home because I think she would think I'm lazy. Okay, because again, wow. we're, we're based, That's every, real. our life That's is based real. on That's real. what we do. That's so so we'll never have rest. And so that's, that's the greatest tragedy. And so a man just says, hey, I'm not really no good to you guys. I'm not really doing well in my life. I might as well not have one. So we give up. And I've, I've been there where you're just like, I can't get over this hump. I'm yeah. always hurting my daughter. I, I, you know, I grew up, I would yell at my daughter yep. all the time. So I. And, it's, and it's like, what was going on there? Mm. Her room was filthy. Now the dad now will say, wait a minute, this is a sign that something's going on inside. Maybe something's going on in, at school. Let me just sit and talk to my daughter. 
just recently she says, hey dad, um, I, I, something else came up and I would like for us to see Tim who's our uh, psychotherapist. Okay. And so as a man, I'm like, this is great because I, I want to work through these issues with my daughter so we can become closer and I can help her become yeah. who God created her to be. But at the same time, you're like, man, what else did I do wrong? Yeah, I know exactly. Can I mean. hear this again? It's, and it hurts me to hear yeah. who I was. I know what you mean. But that's freedom, man. It's like, again, if someone was to come in and try to, we'll fight it. We'll do whatever we take. We'll take bullets for our family. Of course. But when we have to deal with the emotions that are raising inside of us because of our failures, the things that we wish we could have done, mm. the things that we wish our fathers would have said to us mm. or done for us, we say, no, we're good. Let me just get something to drink. Let me yep. go visit this girl. Let me get high. Yep. Let me go to the gym. Let me fight. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, no, let me be still so that I can release what's going on. That's beautiful. I wish every man would take that last little piece right there, that last minute, and play it back. Because those are all the coping. There's more, but it's it's the drinking, it's the women, it's the drugs. Mm -hmm. Let's go lift some more weights. Mm -hmm. Let's go make some more money. Mm -hmm. Let's buy another this. Let's do mm -hmm. another that instead of just being present. Now, here's a tough question. A lot of men are listening. It's going, I, uh, they're getting emotional. Like you get this, the, the suicide thing was a tremendous stat you gave because like you, I get reached out and men, and I don't have any value to my family. You know, I don't, I don't, I, I'm amazed by how many men, not just the number that take their lives, but actually contemplate it like you've mm -hmm. shared. Like mm -hmm. I get, I get lots, I, I don't know the quantify the number, but lots of messages from men, particularly when they're failing financially. Mm -hmm. When men feel like they're failing financially, if you're with a man right now, if you're a woman and he's failing financially, I'm telling you so often, so much of his identity is worth is tied to earning and providing and winning. Yes. You be you be very vigilant with that man. He mm -hmm. is and he is he is not playing his cards on the table. He is probably not showing you, mm -hmm. based on what Jason's talking That's about true. here, how he really feels. What would you say to the man though, who says, "I do want to," because this is how we think. Mm -hmm. If I do that, I'm going to lose something. So this is how men think. Okay, this sounds good. I do want to be more present with my daughter. I, I, I probably would feel really good to cry when I need to. I'd like to laugh a little bit more and let my guard down and be who I really am. But then I'm gonna lose this other part of me. I'm gonna lose, see you have this great analogy of the lion and the lamb. I definitely need to have more lamb, but I'm afraid if I do that, I'm gonna lose all the lion. And men do think this, you know that. What would you, what would you say to a man who's saying, I'm afraid I'm gonna lose parts of me I do like if I become this new, this new version of me? I don't think it's parts of them that they're afraid of losing. It's the people, the success, and you know yeah. everything that comes, comes with, with just it. being the man or yeah. being a certain type of man. Uh, what I had to come to grips with was that I, I, I want to live from my heart, man. So a definition for a comprehensive man is a man who's courageous but also compassionate, strong but sensitive, a man who can boldly live from his heart instead of his fears. But what do we do typically? We, when we meet someone, let me guard because I don't know if they're, they're really a good person and all these yeah. other things. So that hinders me from expressing the love I have, not just not for them, but just in general in life. I care about people. Mm -hmm. So as men, we stay guarded. And now we've shut off our hearts really from really expressing the full essence of who we are. So if a person hurts you or take advantage of you, that was a blessing because now you don't have to waste time in that relationship anymore. Mm -hmm. You didn't lose anything, it was all gain. Mm -hmm. And when men, I talk to men, even the, those who are wealthy seem to struggle with it a lot more. Of course. 
Um, you reinforce, your identity's reinforced yeah, over and over yeah. again. And so I, I never forgot the time I was at a track, man, and a, a doctor recognized me. And he says, man, uh, I think it was a doctor or a lawyer, but anyway, he was professional, very successful. Yeah. He wanted to take his life. And I said, why? He has a beautiful family. He said, I don't feel like I'm, I'm, I'm valuable. Yeah. I said, wow, and here's this guy's very successful. But what he's saying is that he's really not living from his longing. Yeah. He's living from what he's been programmed to believe a man is. Mm. But we're so much bigger, we're so much more than masculine. Mm. So when we're confined to just providing, getting the watches, the clothes, the cars, the houses, mm. we know that's nothing after a while. Once you buy it, it's, it's done in a few days. Yes. So who you really are is what matters the most. And so we were walking, he says his counselor told him or therapist, you know, what about, asked what about your family? What about, you know, your mom and the, your kids? And he was like, well, what about me? And that's what I tell men, you are worth living. Mm. Don't allow your entire life to be, you know, it's great to be a family guy, I am, but I don't allow my life to be completely centered around them. Mm. First is God, then it's my family, and then it's my service. And then another thing that misleads us is, man, we fight to live this balanced life. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't believe in that concept yeah. because if everything is balanced, that means everything gets the same amount of attention. Yeah. So my family and the things that matter the most are in this part of the scale, and this is everything else, the success, books, everything else. This must always tip the scale. Yes. As soon as I start feeling it do this, I'm like, oh, it's, it's too much here. Yeah. Let me get some of this off, because this is really not important. This is not how I get my affirmation. This is not who I am as a man. But hearing my wife say, I'm so proud of you, Jay, and my daughter, daddy, I love you, my son leaning into me. My, uh, when my mother was living, how proud she was, how that I was able to serve her with dementia and mm -hmm. fight through so much. I want to stay in balance. And as men, we're trying to do everything, but we need to fight to do what's important. So good. And then we'll find the peace that we long for, man. So good. Interesting time in our economy right now. So many of you are hiring or want to hire, but can't find great people. Why is it so difficult right now? Because there's a big demand in the marketplace for people. And oftentimes, one of the pain in the necks about hiring people is you end up interviewing people who aren't qualified or they are qualified, but they're not even ready to get started or want the job. Let Indeed help you find these people so you can execute on your businesses, get the right people on your business bus and the right seats at the right time. By the way, they have about four times more hires than all the other job sites combined. One of the reasons is they've got these skill tests that they can put people through so that by the time you get a candidate in front of you, you know they're qualified and you know they're ready to get started. By the way, about three million businesses worldwide use Indeed right now. It's a great place to do this. So get started right now. The $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash Milet. That's I-N-D-E-E-D.com, by the way. So get a $75 job credit at Indeed.com slash Milet. Last time, Indeed.com slash Milet. Offers only valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Let's get back to the show. What advice, I'm just thinking as you're talking. So I'm gonna talk to the women for a second. I keep going back there. That's good. Yeah. So what would you say to uh, the women listening to this who are single mothers? So one of the things you were talking about earlier was, you know, these young boys that you work with. And I can't tell you how many men message me who had an absent father, mm -hmm. just the absence of a father in their life. 
and the massive impact that's mm -hmm. made on them of not either ever seeing a, mass, a, a male around them or the ones they saw were all what you see on television. Not seeing a, a daddy who hugged them, mm -hmm. said I love you, yeah. showed kindness. So you could have an absent father, literally physically meaning he's not in your home. You can also have one who's in your home who's absent, yes. right? But if there's a mother who's raising a young man right now, what advice would you give to her because there may not be a physical male in his presence? One thing that we do in our academy that I've seen break down the single mothers that enroll their sons is when we allow them to be a mother. So yeah. I was raised by a single mom, one of the best to do it. She had to be my dad, my mom, football coach, uh, um, tutor, yeah. you name it. Mm. When a single mother has to be the disciplinarian and the nurturer, eventually one has to leave. As a boy gets older, he becomes more rebellious because inside at the age of 12, because this is when it starts happening, in the majority of countries, he's really a man. Mm -hmm. But he's being talked to or in school or yeah. in this country as a little boy. Then here you have a mother who's stressed out, worried about her son, doing everything that she can to provide for him. Father probably may, well, not, may be absent, okay? Mm -hmm. But if he's not active, now that's a, something else your son is dealing with. Mm -hmm. We give mothers the freedom to be mothers, and what I mean by that is, and I love how the Bible puts it, Solomon says, um, sons, never forsake your father's instruction or your mother's teaching. Mm -hmm. Instruction and teaching are two different things. Elaborate on that. One is rooted in discipline, one is rooted in nurturing. The teaching is nurturing, the instruction is discipline. Very good. So when you give a mother the opportunity to really operate in her fullness, of who she is. Mm. Can she be a protector? Absolutely, Harriet Tubman, I can go down the line, okay? Sure. But no one can touch women as nurturers. Mm. We'll run through walls for our mothers, right. okay? Yes. Just, right. And so one day, one of my recruits, he was sitting on the bench, he was crying at the end of the hallway. Mm. His mother was just tired, you know, single mom doing the best she can. Mm. She says, Jason, I just don't know what to do anymore. Mm. I said, I want you to look at him. What do you think he needs right now? Does he need you to be disciplinarian mm. or does he need you to be? And she looked, I didn't say the word purposefully. She started crying. She needs me, he, I'm getting choked up. He needs yeah. me to be his mother. Mm. And she broke down crying and went down to the hallway and hugged him. Mm. That changed that boy's life. Yeah. And we told her and we vowed her every single mother that comes to the cave, we're going to jump in that role of the disciplinarian. Not saying that you can't, because women, I've seen them be everything. Yeah. They don't want to be. Mm -hmm. like, Nobody can, does. Yeah, but if Men you're married, yeah. like with my yeah. wife, I can say this publicly. Yeah. I have to fight some time to train up my son because she loves little Jay. She's going <laughs> to protect him and everything. Yeah. Single mom be like, go ahead, do what you want. <laughs> I'm tired of this. Here you go. And, and so she, they're tired. Mm -hmm. But when, you, when they can call you as like the father figure, mm -hmm. Man, it alleviates so much stress and, stress and pressure from them. So what I advise single moms is to seek out mentoring programs, okay. male mentoring programs in their area where they can find a place for their boys to go that can be transparent mm. and not have to worry about a man challenging them all the time. Mm -hmm. In my academy, I don't even use the word. Okay, really? I only encourage men. Mm. In encouragement, there is a challenge. Mm. I said, come on, you can do it, Ed, come on, let's go. Yeah. I'm encouraging you. Okay. 
Words are very powerful. The yes. last thing a tired man needs, the last thing a man who only finds his worth in his work, last thing he needs is another challenge. Mm. Mm. He needs to be encouraged and uplifted. When you give women, single mothers, that freedom, that's what my mother longed for. Yeah. I almost died three times, man, trying to find myself. How so? What do you mean? Street life. You know, the, the gangs uh, in my community, mm. they were role models, man. You know, and so if you don't hear it from a, a man, you're going to get it from wherever you can. Got Either it. women, drugs, Karen. I took my stepfather's gun out the house just trying to be tough, and I wasn't that. Mm. You know, and so if I would have had that male around, if I would have had a me around. Yeah. I would have, well, I think my path was meant to be the so way it right. was because right. I remember I was taking a kid home. He was crying because his father wasn't active in his life. I said, man, do you know God can use that? He didn't mean for this to happen, mm -hmm. but it's written that he's a father to the fatherless and he uses men to play that role. I said, but what if I would have had my father actively in my life with my mom. Do you think I'd be in this car with you right now? Right, you would not He be. says no. You would not I be. said that adversity is what trains us up to be who we're supposed to be. Yes. Don't miss what's happening to your heart right now. I tell my son the same thing. Great conversation. When he was growing up, you know, he was premature. So we held him back in school purposefully mm -hmm. because he was born late in the year mm -hmm. and advice from all my mentors, he was like, look, yes. give him a head start. But because he's kind hearted, people would pick on him. Mm -hmm. he, he's big and he could hurt someone. And that affects him to this day sometimes. Really? But what's amazing is I say, Jason, you're powerful. And mm -hmm. he'll smile. I say, but those years were meant to humble your heart, to make you tender to those who are weak mm -hmm. so that you will never forget who you were. Mm -hmm. So when you see a kid bullied, because he's protected kids who were bullied before, mm -hmm. you will never forget what it felt like. You'll never forget what it feels like not to be cool. Mm -hmm. So you'll never forget those things. Same thing with me. I can talk to the, the businessman, the billionaire, the drug dealer, the senior citizen. I can go, I can do the whole gamut. Yeah. Because I've experienced a little of each. No kidding. And I never forgot that feeling. Mm. But when you're only a masculine male, you don't even allow your heart to express what you've been through. Yeah. And so that's the freedom in becoming comprehensive. That's the, the image of you getting on your knee for that little boy was big to me. And the reason is, is that I don't, pain is, can be a really valuable thing if you allow yourself to feel it. I have found because like you've said, I don't think I'd be doing this work or having the impact that I've had had I not had the childhood that I had in my experience because it allows me to connect with other people's pain. Mm -hmm. But I think if you don't allow yourself to feel any of it, or if you don't reflective about it, if you don't evaluate those things, then it really all happened for no reason. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're gonna have pain, there should be a purpose to it. And if you're gonna go through something or you've gone through it, allow yourself to feel the emotions that come with it because it's what's gonna allow you to help and connect with other people. That's very good, man. You know, yeah. I'm thinking of my mom as you say that, and you asked me, you know, where did the, the transition start? Mm. Uh, when my mother developed dementia, man, it wasn't enough just to be masculine. Mm -hmm. Like that was perfect when I had to deal with uh, doctors who were insensitive, didn't have empathy for the trauma she ex has, had, had experienced or the pharmaceutical companies who were trying to rip her off. Mm. I could deal with all of that. I could help lay a plan out for the bills and yeah. cut the grass and make sure the house is together. But when my mom needed someone to hug her and cradle her like a baby, 
Mm. That was tough. Mm. And so I had prayed for God to take her life. He did. Because it was frustration. I said, she wasn't living no more. Yeah. This isn't my mom. So just take her. It just doesn't make sense to me. And he says so clear to me, when I was on my uh, deck in the backyard, he says, Jason, that's not love, that's fear. And it was fear. Mm. That prayer didn't come because I loved my mom. That prayer came because I was tired of seeing her suffer. Yes. I didn't want to go through that end, the, the final shot, the final buzzer on the game clock. I didn't want to deal with that journey. Mm. He says, you have to become comprehensive. You're going to have to nurture her. You're going to have to massage her, do her hair. I just started doing my mother's nails. That's beautiful. And it made me into who I am today, the teacher I am. You wouldn't have saw that moment of me dropping to my knee, talking to Bruce, if I hadn't have dropped to my knees and cried in my mother's lap. That's beautiful. You know, and so. And you were doing this, by the way, there's another layer to this, as she wasn't herself, and she could be, get, as many people with dementia can get, they're, they're not reciprocating that love necessarily at that time. They can be, they can get pretty mean Man, and pretty aggressive, I have correct? pictures where she's mean mugging. So I, yeah. did a, I literally, I posted on social media during mm. uh, Alzheimer Awareness Month. And we're taking a picture at the kitchen table. She's mad, angry, and I'm smiling. And the caption said, we're gonna beat dementia together. That's beautiful. And so she would get mad, but mom was always there. You know, even in the midst of all the confusion, mm. mom was there. And so I knew, I learned how to get to her heart, mm. how to be patient. and I created a concept called the emotional roller coaster. And I apply it in life as well. Gotta so hear this. Anyone who's a caregiver of anyone with Alzheimer's or dementia, they know, you know, it can change at any moment. Mm. If you live life like that, you'll never be stable. Mm. So my mother would have an emotional outbreak or outburst mm. or getting a, literally a fight where she was staying with in this beautiful home. I would go up and down. Oh man, what's going on? Then I get mm -hmm. depressed. Then I got to go sleep somewhere. Mm -hmm. That was called the emotional roller coaster. Okay. I had to learn how to stay off of that. Yes. Allow mom to get on because she had to get on. Mm -hmm. She would go up and down. And as a caring parent, I would walk. As a caring parent, I would walk, wait for her to get off of this ride. And when she, the ride was done, I would grab her hand and walk her till she keeps her, get her mental balance back. Wow. That settled her and it kept me stable because I needed to be stable in that situation. Right. This happens when we get in arguments with our wives, so good. when our children do things to us. So, uh, that, so as a father, mm. instead of if our son, say, isn't paying attention to school or making, uh, not do, having good grades because he's not focused. Mm. And we keep telling him over and over, we're spending money on tutors. Mm. What do we say? Come on, man, what's going on? You know, I'm taking this way. Literally do it exactly yeah, how you yeah, said yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We should say, man, you're hurting me. Because that's actually what we're feeling. That's what this comes from. Mm. We're hurting. We don't know how to express it wow. in a healthy way. Why do you keep doing that? Jason, man, why do you keep doing that? It's, it's hurting me because I want the best for you. I love you, son. I'm giving you everything that I, I, I can. What's, when am, I, am I doing something wrong? Mm. Crack through the armor instantly. Wow. Uh, I, tell, I share a story in my book. Wow. How, my man, I love Amish, baked Amish chicken wings. Okay. So I get home and I hadn't eaten. So Nicole and Jason, they finished eating. Jason starts cleaning the kitchen. So as he's washing dishes, he felt the need that he can just grab one of my wings 
and eat one of my, I think, six or seven Amish wings, which are small. They're limited. Yeah, and limited and small. <laughs> I'm upset now, yep. angry. Alexa's dad, who was my daughter, I would have yelled, who do you think you're, I pay the bills, why don't you ever eat my food? Who do you think, and get in his face, mm. okay? Mm. This time I said, son, that offended me, is very disrespectful, and why did you do it? He says, I was, I was hungry. That's an impulse. Mm. You can't respond like that. Very good. And get you in trouble. Mm. I said, don't ever do that again. That not only hurts me, but as the man who pays these bills in here, good for you. did you buy your clothes? No. You should even offer me one of your wings, son. And this is the key. As I'm disciplining him, I'm forgiving him. Mm. So as I'm talking to him, I'm seeing my beloved son whom I love and saying, I forgive you. And he can say, I'm sorry. And within five minutes, we reset. That's beautiful. And now we're together. Because it's time, life is so short, man. It's like, you know, uh, I was just talking to your wife. Your daughter just turned 18. Today, yeah. And she's feeling the emotions because yeah. it, it, it's a sign of our mortality. You're right. That this won't last. That's exactly that, what it is. That, that man, I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's close to being over. Yes, that's exactly what it is. So why waste time? Mm -hmm arguing or doing things that we're going to later regret. Don't you think, by the way, on that, that idea of our mortality, I think it's a beautiful thing to contemplate. Mm -hmm. Like one of the, I know you're a man of deep faith. I am as well. One of the things about having faith is it does cause you constantly to be drawn to death to some extent because you contemplate it, right? Yeah. And I think one of the, I think death is a great perspective gatherer. I think this is just a great tool. I mean, I, I really do believe this, that, that there's only a finite number of days here. And so for those of you that are wrestling with this, like how many more days do you have left that you want to live in this pain that you're in? Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Don't you think and, contemplating and, and, death? So, yeah, we definitely cut it the same cloth. You yeah. know, I, I, I had a dream one day that I, I saw angels. They were just flying around in a circle and they were singing hallelujah, 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 just singing. And, I, and then they came down over me and then they went back up and I started crying because I wanted to go with them. Wow. Because of the pain and everything that I've been through, the trauma, the helping single moms, helping fathers who love their children and want to be there, but because of the broken boy inside of them, they don't even feel they're good enough. And I can go down the line. Yeah. And I woke up crying and my wife says, everything's okay. I said, they left me. They left me. I want to go. So when you really believe that there's a better life after here, you not only try to do everything in your power to serve those who are here. Mm -hmm. But you look forward to that, like you're saying. Yeah. What yeah. I don't look forward to is being the old man that can't do anything. I'm not gonna lie to you. I worry about it. That's why we both are trying to work out <laughs> yeah, though, right? Yeah. It's a part of yeah. I'm watching you speak. Alexis is here, by the way. I'm just yeah. kidding. You're so soft spoken and gentle. Mm -hmm. And you're such a big strong man. Is this new is this a different you? In other words, even the way that you speak, there's mm -hmm. a cadence you got to be aware of this there's a no cadence idea. okay there's a cadence there's an ease there's a pace to it i'm curious if or maybe you don't even know was if i met you 20 years ago was there did that exist was this always your disposition so to speak or has your disposition changed as you've been willing to share with yourself all of the emotions that a man should be experiencing i've i've changed i have to ask i would like to ask Alexa, uh, let's ask her what you what you think 
He's changed. <laughs> changed. Even his Kate, his daughter's here. She's off camera, guys. But I was curious. Even his disposition, and because I've noticed this with myself, I've listened mm -hmm. to audios of me 20 years ago. I still have a deep voice. I'm yeah. still aggressive. I still talk quickly. But there was an edge and an aggression mm -hmm. to even the way I spoke. Mm -hmm. That is somewhat different now. And Alexis, you see that. Yes, he has this whisper. Okay. But that wasn't there. It wasn't. To your point, it has developed as he's developed. I got it. Okay. Yep. So those of you that can't hear Alexis, she's saying that he slows down, even the way that he speaks is much different as he's changed. And I think that's an external manifestation of something that's happened internally within you. It's very noticeable with you. That's interesting. It's one of the things I noticed right away with you wow. was that there's this strong man, um, visually very strong man who is frankly strong enough to communicate in a very gentle and kind way that's pleasant to be with. It's not it's not off-putting to be with. And I just think all of you should know that over time, I think Jason's an example of just subtle changes. You may not even know, but your daughter knows sitting here, change That's within interesting. you. I, I had no idea. You say cadence. I'm like, you talking about riding a bike? Yeah, Somebody has no idea. Yeah. It's the way that you, wow. you're, well, it's welcoming. Yeah. It, it allows someone to sit with you and um, be present themselves. Awesome, yeah. And I think when, when people become more vulnerable in the way they express themselves, it almost gives you permission in their presence to be that way. So, mm -hmm. the, and the reason I say this is it's just dawning on me, is that I have a son who's a kind young man. He's a gentle, pretty strong, much bigger than me, much stronger. But I'd like to think that maybe a little bit of that is because the I, he was fortunate enough that the former me isn't the one that raised him. Mm -hmm. That for the most part, it was a guy who had done some of this work that raised him. And I just think mm -hmm. it gives people permission to be in your presence. I wanna share something with you and then ask mm -hmm. you about it, because I see this all over you. We have a more in common than you might think in that when I left, I played baseball when I was done playing college, I was unemployed, just living at my parents' house. My dad gets sober. He goes to his first AA meeting, my dad gets sober. Comes back from the first meeting, says, I got you a job. Turns out it was an orphanage. It was a boy's home, a big one though. My boys were all removed from their homes or their parents were incarcerated or dead. Mm -hmm. And um, But what I discovered by working with these boys, I was their big brother, I took them to school, I was there when they opened presents on Christmas Day. You know, took them trick-or-treating. I was there when they got in a fight at school or broke up with their girlfriend or whatever it was. People always ask me, what do these boys want from you? And what I found from them was they wanted me to love them. They wanted someone to love them, care about them, believe in them, and maybe just show them how to live a little bit better. And as I got older and I got into business, people say, why'd you have some success in business? Because that's what everybody wants. All people want you to love them. They want you to care about them. They want you to believe in them. They want you to show them how to do a little better or help them. And mm -hmm. I find that that's your overall, if I distilled down your message, the reason I agree with it and love it so much is it appears to me that that's what you do. So we talked a little bit earlier about hiring. What's the next thing in a business? You better have good HR. I tell people all the time, you better have a good accountant, you better have good HR. Problem if you're a small business, HR is expensive. It's hard to find good people. And sometimes it's just not part of any budget you have. Same time, if you don't have something good in HR, 
your business is going to suffer. So that's why I love Bambi, which is, by the way, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E. -E. It was created specifically for small businesses. You get a dedicated HR manager. They can craft your HR policy, maintain your compliance, all for 99 bucks a month. I'm not playing with you either, and it's real. And you can get these people by phone, email, chat. So they get a real time. You get a real HR manager. They can have everything from, you know, terminations to customize your policies for you, that manage your employees day to day, all for 99 bucks a month. And here's the other thing. It's a month to month agreement with them too. There's no hidden fees. You can cancel anytime you want to. You probably won't because it's so good. We'll help your businesses so much. So go to Bambi.com slash Milet right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's Bambi.com slash Milet. And again, that's spelled B-A-M-B-E-E.com slash Milet. Let's get back at it. You know, I'm, I'm glad you said that because when I first started the Cave of Adelum for Boys, it was just martial arts and discipline. Because okay. although I, I rather, I always tell men to reset to the lamb. Yeah. No one wants to be in fight or flight response the whole time. Mm. When you gotta be tough and mean mugging the whole time. Mm. Can I go there? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But if I can stay majority of the time here, this is where I wanna be. Mm. When I start working with the boys, and I was different, I was a different guy then. I was all about structure, discipline, toughness, mm. fortitude, and I still am. Yes. However, I want you to be comprehensive. Mm -hmm. Boot camp programs were very popular and scared straight programs were popular where you would take yeah. kids into school, into prisons, prisons, yeah, and to get them scared enough to say, yeah. hey, I don't want to act up ever again. I discovered quickly, man, that re-traumatizing someone never heals the trauma they've experienced. Completely. Boot camp programs started failing at alarming rates and I started shifting I went from just a discipline program to a place where it's a safe space. And then I discovered that our boys didn't need more discipline, they needed more love. Yeah. Soon as I gave them that, you know, our first program was in Highland Park, Michigan. If I was late, these boys, I'm talking about tough kids, they would sweep and clean the room, everything, move the desk out, and they would sit there purposefully so that I could see them and say, wow, that's great, you guys didn't know. They just wanted the affirmation, they wanted to love. Yeah. That's why they act out, and that's what I give them. I give them what I longed for. I'm literally, I became what I wanted, and that's what, that's what it is. It's no secret. Mm. I became a man who's strong but sensitive, who's compassionate but caring, someone who can encourage you when you need to push through some pain, but also encourage you to express sorrow. We need to apologize to someone mm. or feel the grief so that you can do something to transform someone's life. Hmm. If you're only you're stuck in just masculine attributes, you can see something wrong, but you say, no, I'm feeling something different. Hmm. That ain't gonna, I won't be a man, so they shy away from that. So true. When we change as men, I'm t I say this, and I didn't say, you didn't say this, this world will change. You're right. When we can change, like really become comprehensive, misogynistic behavior, I can go down the line. Yep will change and, and that's inside working from the inside out. I agree with you completely. I so wish that, and I'm being political one way or the other, but I just wish more people in politics showed more empathy, love and kindness and generosity. I wish CEOs of companies, coaches of sports teams and, and uh, heads of families, mm. we could change the world this way. And I feel like we're almost in an emergency situation yeah. where your message and the things we're talking about today, mm. if we don't start to allow 
and create an environment where men in particular, but all people begin to live this way, where they're just a little more loving and kind. I've had an experience, I'm curious if it's happened to you. The world responds to me differently as I've, as I've acted different in the world. Mm -hmm. and what I mean by that is that it doesn't mean that people aren't aggressive with me still. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that I don't have a confrontation from time to time in my life. But I have noticed as I've changed the way that I conduct myself, the way that I emote, the way that I interact with the world and other people, the world has started to interact with me a little bit differently as well. Have you noticed that? In other words, I was always in confrontation with people. I was always running into a fight. I was always in some kind of an aggressive situation. It constantly found me. Yeah. But it was almost like I, to some extent, attracted it to me because it's who I was. I was aggressive. I was confrontational. Mm -hmm. I'm not suggesting that that never happens with me anymore. But it happens far less than it used to. Now, it's either my perception has changed or people actually respond to me differently. And I, if you've changed that much, especially, I know environment yeah. is one thing yeah, where you grew sure. up, you don't yeah. live in the exact same environment yeah. where you were gang infested prior. I understand that. But have you had that similar experience that other people respond to you differently? I mean, absolutely. I mean, especially working with boys or kids who mm. they just give up on. Yeah. How, how do you bring the best out in this boy? I, I've, I've spent this much money, I've done this. Mm. I don't care who you are. Like I said, I can meet with the gang member, mm -hmm. I love them. I, I, I reach out to them like brothers or sons. Yes. They drop their guards, drop the guns. So yes, they change. You know, truthfully, everyone wants to be loved, man. Yeah. You know, who runs from love, like genuine love? And so when you offer that to whomever, they transform. I agree. I, I've never been, like again, I never was a thug, you know. I always was wise young because of the trauma I've experienced and then growing up, I mean, at, I think I was 12, seeing someone's head get shot off with a shotgun. So I saw, like, wait a minute, if I can be this tough guy, but when guns play, you know, like I tell my friends in martial arts, we focus on so much on training. I said, no, I want to teach my boys how to fight before the fist is formed, mm -hmm. before the bullet is fired, mm -hmm. because bullets don't tap out. Mm -hmm. So you can beat someone, I can teach you everything to do, but then they're coming back. Right. What do you do then? You got tougher than a bullet. Yeah, no, so when I did security for a while, psychology was big for me. Was it? Oh yeah, H how do you deal with a, a drug dealer? You know he's a big time drug dealer. Mm. And he's acting wild and violating all the, the club policies. Mm. And you have to de-escalate the situation. Yeah. But you gotta be careful because of who he is. Mm. So I would walk over and say, hey man, look, I don't wanna make you look bad. I definitely don't want to look bad, I won't lose my job. I said, look, can you calm this down? I get what's happening. And they said, well, man, he shouldn't have said that. You're absolutely right. I said, but it's no other way out of this. Mm. I said, either I'm gonna have to escort you out, then that's gonna lead to me and you in conflict, or I'm gonna lose my job if I don't do anything. Mm. I said, how about we just come to a, a, a happy like meeting? Mm. They'd be like, I feel you. And we would just de-escalate. I've done it with de parents. De-escalate, yeah. Uh, I remember one parent came in irate, male, uh, son wasn't getting the attention he needed, he was a special needs boy. He comes across yelling, comes back where the secretary is, I'm meeting with the principal. Hmm. The principal comes out and says, hey, well let's talk about this outside, out the office. Hmm. No man, I want to be heard right now. Hmm. What the principal didn't know, he was young, that you've just impassively dismissed everything this man is standing for right oh. now. Because if he was to leave that office, it would make him look like he was wrong. Wow. 
I stopped, I said, let me take care of it. I said, what's going on, sir? He explained to me everything. I said, no way, really? Mm. I'm serious, because I was, I was mm. upset with him. I said, look, I'm a father, I completely understand. I said, but right here, this isn't a good place for us to be discussing this. Mm. I said, but I don't want to ignore what you're saying. We're gonna deal with this. Do me a favor, let's, let's walk out here and let's, I'm gonna go find somebody right now to handle this. Really? Let's go, man, let's go. And it was, we really? became cool. I mean, That's wonderful. But, yeah. but that's to your premise. If I'm different, I can change that person. I believe that. It's the same thing in martial arts. Mm. If someone is grappling, attacking me strong, coming at me in judo, I don't brush up against you. Okay. When you come, I'm using your energy and I'm going to throw you. Got you. I become soft. If I stay hard, you break me and I, or I break you at the same time. Very good. Again, there's a difference between being aggressive and assertive. Okay. Uh, aggression, we say in the cave, is just dispersed power, just out of control, erratic. Assertiveness is a calculated decision that puts you in an advantageous position. So if I'm fighting you, I'm not punching you everywhere. I have certain targets that I need to hit. Same thing at work. You know, a friend of mine is an engineer, uh, not engineer, manager at Ford. There's certain targets and goals he needs to hit to meet his number. He's not spending a lot of time talking to everyone. So yes, in, in our community, I think in manhood, just mm -hmm. men in general mm -hmm. embrace the masculine male. There is no, unfortunately you don't see too many heroes who are comprehensive in movies. Mm -hmm. There is no courage without fear anyway. So there's no such thing as being fearless. Mm -hmm. Every man who has a child will let you know that he fears some things. That's right. It's like a, another friend of mine told me that our children are like our hearts walking outside of our bodies. So true. So there's fear there. Yeah. Like your wife says, oh my God, she's going through so much. Because yeah. what does 18 mean is they're getting older and they get yeah. the, and it's like, oh my God. Yeah. So do you smother that as a man? What does a man do next? He says, I've listened to you, Jason. I'm gonna get your book, mm -hmm. which the link's up on YouTube right now for people to get. But I, I really do need to evaluate this, become aware of this and begin to make a change in my life. Is there a practical step a man can take to begin to become more of who he truly is? I mean, there's many, I share a lot, but one of the main tools I love using and giving to men is called the filling wheel. And it's, it's created by Gloria Wilcox. And it, so imagine like, uh, what's called the wheel of fortune? Yes. So imagine this wheel with three tiers okay. of emotions. So in the center is the four basic emotions like anger, sadness, um, what is it, fear? I can't think of the other two. Okay. But in the second tier, there's more emotions that you aren't expressing because you're only used to expressing your core emotions. Okay. Then you got the last tier, then there's really, those emotions are really what you're feeling. So I tell men to take a screenshot or save an image in your phone. So whenever you're feeling a certain way, you don't just say I'm mad or I'm upset or I'm sad. You dig deeper, I'm fearful, hmm. I'm intimidated. And then now you can really start digging even deeper to why you're feeling this way. Hmm. So it's, it's, That's great. it's a great tool that I love using. And then also uh, when men want to become uh, courageously transparent and starting to embrace their vulnerability, I tell them to start running to situations or being around people that bring out non-masculine emotions. Very good advice. This could be an aging parent, um, uh, someone that, you know, at, at a nursing center That's or so, so at, at, at a hospital, a young kid, you know, you could have been there visiting a friend of yours and you got close to a kid who has cancer. Hmm. And you're scared to, you could tell the kid has an affinity for you. 
but you don't want to build a relationship because of the pain you may experience if they don't live uh, to see, you know, another month or so. Mm -mm. I say embrace that. Go down there. Live from that longing to be there for that child. Make the best, uh, give them the best opportunity to experience who you really are. Like with my mom or my dad, for instance, we talked about the father wound, all the men who are hurting because their dads are absent. I didn't hear my father tell me he loved me until I was 38. That didn't happen until life slowed him down. He had Parkinson's disease. In a nursing home, and we, we, I would go visit him, and we didn't get close to after this. I'm leaving, I'm getting ready to leave. I kiss him on his forehead, I say, I love you, Dad, I'm about to go. Uh, and then I heard God say to me, he says, the most High says, tell him how great of a dad he was. Mm. I'm like, he wasn't great. Mm. Tell him. Mm. I said, okay. Hey, Dad, I just want to say I want to thank you for being the best dad or the dad that I needed. Thank you. Because mm. in that, I was telling the truth. He was the dad that I needed to become who I am today. Man, when I turned around to walk away, I hear his sniffles. And he started just crying. It's the first time I see my dad cry. Mm-hmm. And I said, you okay? He said, no, just, I want to tell you something. He just told me he loves me. That's the first time. First time. When I told him that, it freed him. It gave him an opportunity to be human and start sharing with me the side that he probably always wanted to share but couldn't because he had to be a man. Yes. His love was just providing working all day from sunup to sundown in a barbershop. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking he didn't love me. He did. He just couldn't express it. Oh, my way. gosh, that's awesome. So as men, once we get healed, once we have opportunities and experience men like you and, and listen to your podcast and everything that you do to help men break free, humans break free, mm-hmm. we're supposed to go back and help people yes. and pull them in. So once we do that, that's I do that with everyone. And that's how... A kid could come to me and say, he's terrible. He has all Fs and his attitude. I'm like, okay, okay, you done? Mm. Because I don't care about that. Because I understand there's a cause and effect to the reason everyone acts the way they do. No one is innately evil. Mm. He's not a bad boy. There's something going on inside of him. And I prove them wrong every time. I love that. I love that. Mm. When you talk, I think, you know, and I, I, uh, I was thinking the reverse of that also is that I'm gonna ask you one more question. Sure. We could go 150 hours because I'm loving this so much. I don't, I've caught myself leaning in towards you like about 50 times today. Oh, man, get out of here. That's cool, man. I want to get closer. That's yeah, cool, uh, man. You know, you're always, though, one thing to be aware of for all people is you're also always making people feel something. And since I'm a man and you're a man, as a man, just be aware of that. You're always mm-hmm. making people feel something. That's good. And so be aware of what that feeling is that you're making people feel. Mm-hmm. Most of us are oblivious to it as men. I think women are much more sensitive overall to how they're making other people mm-hmm. feel. And as men, we need to become more aware of that. The more I've become more aware of that, um, at least it loses some of its power over me and I'm able to be a little bit more vulnerable and be the real me. The last thing I want to ask you about, because I see this on you, is peace. Mm-hmm. Because I've, I've meet, I think the men that I meet, the people that I meet, they just want more peace in their life. And it's just a concept that's not talked about a whole lot, you know. But when I see you, 
and I talk with you, I'm in your presence, I feel like you're experiencing more peace probably than you did say 20 years ago. So what about, yeah. what is peace to you? And, and, and am I right about that? That as you've made these changes, it's brought more peace into your life. Yeah, I, yeah internally. Mm-hmm. So peace is not a place, it's a state of mind for me. So I could be in the most chaotic situation, mm-hmm. but staying calm in that place is true peace. Mm-hmm. I learned that through adversity. And my daughter tell you, I was nowhere near like this. Even, you know, some days you get a little flustered and upset. Of course. But overall, maintaining the stillness is the key. The only way you can do that is again, stop running from what takes your peace. Mm-hmm. Go towards the same thing in, in martial arts. The person I hated sparring against, I had to learn to enjoy sparring against. Mm. So I wouldn't pick the easy guys. I would go to this guy that keeps beating me mm. because I needed to get over the fear of facing this person. Mm. My mom taking care of her with dementia. Very, I was to be very anxious, couldn't sleep at night. Man, I lost tremendous weight. My whole life changed because I wanted to make sure she was taken care of. But to be able to maintain peace next to someone who will ask you the same questions 30 times in a minute, foot tapping, rubbing their chin a lot, mm. that came from embracing adversity. Mm. We run from tough times, tough things. things. What do we say? Uh, be, uh, seek happiness. Anyone that takes your happiness away, get rid of them. I said, wait a minute, every emotion is fleeting. No one can be happy all the time. Mm. Uh, Anyone that makes you feel sorrow, get rid of them. Wait a minute, Uh, it is written that uh, godly sorrow brings forth change. So what's wrong with good sorrow? Meaning if I'm sad because of the way I talked to my wife, I was short to her today, I need to sit with that so that I can go apologize and reconcile. I don't need to just brush that off because I want to be happy. So people want this illusion of peace, but don't want to do what it takes to keep it at all times. You know, I talk about in Battle Cry, I created a system, a a meditation called Shalak, which in Hebrew means to cast away. So it's not good enough to learn how to meditate just sitting still, you know, they do this or whatever. This does me no good if I can just sit here. And breathe, it's fine here. Beach is beautiful. Mm. What happens when I'm in a tough situation? Yeah, right. Someone draws a gun on me, mm-hmm. which happened, by the way, with when well, they didn't draw a gun, I was in a situation where my son and I life were threatened. Okay, we just bought a building, and this is a, this is a good example of okay. maintaining. We can. I don't want to keep as long. I can sit here and talk go, to you for a while. Go, please go. I want you to go. So we just purchased a building for our nonprofit, and I took my son. He had basketball rims up at first, so I said, "Look, this just hoop around." We had fun. We're leaving. I became comfortable with the area. Okay. Okay. Dropped my guard some. Okay. I lo- I'm locking up, and I hear a voice says to me, uh, "Say to me, someone's trying to kill me." So I'm, I have my the key in the door, and I look to my left, and I see him on a cell phone. So I draw my gun because I'm licensed to carry. Yep. I said, "Who's trying to kill you?" He says, "They're coming around the corner." Mm. And I look. It's a suburban. Uh, gray mm. and is and three guys are in there. Mm. My son is with me, mm. and I look at him. I get angry. Mm. I said, "So you're gonna bring them around me and my son?" Mm-hmm. So I had to reset quickly mm. because if I don't maintain, I got to get off that emotional roller coaster. So peace is saying, 
don't don't go there. Get mm. your son inside safely. Mm. We hadn't changed the locks, Ed. So you know how you have to like move the key a little bit yes. just to get it just right yes. and then turn it. Yeah. I had to steal my serve my soul that much to get the key to turn, mm. get my son inside. Thank God. So now I'm morphing between another emotion. I'm looking at my son's eyes, he's terrified. Mm. I don't know if I'm gonna see him again. Oh my gosh. So I had to dead that emotion. Mm and say, son, go to the back of the building because if they did start shooting, you have a better chance at the back. Mm. I couldn't just run in with them because I've, I've been through a lot of trauma. Guys come in and kick the door in. Mm -hmm. So I need to stop the threat. Wow. So he runs to the back of the building. I get in a weaver stance, lay against my truck. Wow. And the, the Suburban starts turning around. Then they do a U-turn and go the other way. Mm. The whole time I'm looking at this guy on the phone and I'm thinking. So being able to maintain this peace <laughs> during this allowed me to look at all the scenarios like Doctor Strange and the Avengers when he had to figure out the best scenario to, mm. to, to basically the only way they could win. Mm. And it was to give Thanos the stone, which seemed like an L, but it wasn't. For me, I could have, if I would have like been a slave to my emotions in that moment, mm. I would have started shooting instantly. Yes. But because I stayed, my soul was under control I started thinking like, wait a minute, who stays on a cell phone when people are trying to come kill you? Mm -hmm. This is not adding up. Then the boy starts running in the direction of the Suburban. That's when I put two and two together. Yeah. They were trying to carjack me. Gotcha. I had a nice Yukon out front, new in the neighborhood. Now this is key and I wanna end on this so you can get some closure, how we maintain the peace. So as men, we, I know men could tell stories like that all the time, That's especially a crazy my friends who were in the military, okay? Yeah. They can tell me some serious stories. Mm -hmm. This is where we get in trouble as men. So at that moment, we, we're good. I get my son out. I go home and I sit on the couch and my wife says, it doesn't seem like you're doing well. I say, I'm, I'm not, I need to release. Mm -hmm. And my eyes start watering and now I, I allow my body to release all of those fearful thoughts. I mean, I thought I was gonna, I didn't know. I didn't have three magazines with me. I had one gun, wow. one clip. Wow. And she said, everything's okay. I said, I need to release. Just give me a moment. Mm. That's how we maintain peace. We reflect, release so that we can reset. Then we rest. I call it the four R's. Okay. Once a man can do that, you can make, or a woman, you can maintain this. Could you give me the four R's one more time? Yeah. Reflect. Mm -hmm release, mm -hmm. reset, then you can rest. Okay. Yeah. And so once we allow ourselves to release it, I could have held it in and say, hey, it was cool, it wasn't no big deal, yeah. cool, I handled it, it was straight. Yeah. Now I'm snapping at a guy blowing a horn at you me. You got it. You yep. see? Yes. I had to release the anger, the fear of just losing my son, the fact like, man, I gotta, you know, I dropped my guard out. It was, it was tons That's of stuff going story. on. That's a crazy story. Yeah, it's crazy. But I had to release it, my, I had to release it or I would have never been able to reset. I think you're incredible. I think you're incredible. I wanted to meet you so badly, and I'm so grateful that we did, and I'm so grateful this is what we talked about. It's a heavy conversation. Mm -hmm. I'm glad Alexis was here, yeah, too, yeah. to shed some light on you and how you've changed and improved. I think you make a huge difference in the world, and I have this very strong feeling that this is the very beginning. Mm -hmm. I think you and I are gonna do some things yeah. together. We mm -hmm. talked about that, mm -hmm. and uh, I think we're kindred spirits, and I, um, 
I'm very grateful that you exist, and I'm grateful that you came all this way and drove so long to be here with me it, today it, as well. It meant, when I was in the car, you know, she, Alexis falls asleep instantly mm, in the mm. car, so I'm by myself, so I had time mm. to meditate again, Shalak, casting mm. away everything as I'm getting here. I'm like, why am I going way here mm. to meet someone? Mm. And it's bigger than this interview. Yes. And so, uh, you know, feeling is mutual. I'm glad to come and be in your presence. Mm. And I definitely feel that definitely we can do some things together. We definitely. will. Definitely. Thank you yeah, thank for today. You. Everybody got to get Battle Cry. Mm -hmm. You get this book. Pre-order it right now. And uh, if you're watching it later than this, just go get it. Go to Amazon and get it. Battle Cry. This is Jason Wilson. And this was an incredible show. Thank you, my man. This was thank awesome. You. If you feel strongly about that, share that with anybody that you love and care about that you think this could value. If there's a man in your life, a young man, a grown man that should hear this conversation, share it with them. Or maybe, like I said in the beginning, that you're a woman listening to this and it'll help you understand and help us help ourselves as well. Mm -hmm. So please do that. God bless you all and Max out. This is The Ed Milet Show. We are